they all walked down the hill to have a look at the river flowing across the road. It was now about 50 metres from where the farm road ended and where it began on the other side of the bridge. The water was running very fast, and as they stood there, a dead sheep floated by, its legs sticking up in the air. It was a sad sight. Maybe a raft isn't a good idea, said Gwyneth. We don't want that to happen to you. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. This is James Schofield, the creator of the podcast Behind the Bottom Line and the writer of Season Five story Double Trouble. This is episode four, and let's just recap what's happened so far. Tim Aldridge has replaced his twin brother Nick in London and is pretending to be a top advertising executive while Nick is trapped by floods on the family farm in Devon in England. Tim is finding out that his brother's life in London is more complicated than he realised. His colleagues are super competitive. He has to create a new advertising campaign for a car in only a week. Nick's ex-girlfriend, Jemima, wants to get back together with him. And that's before he's even met the boss, Louis Madison. Make sure you listen to the end of this episode, because then I will announce some more lucky winners of my ongoing writer review competition. Now, let's join Nick as he tries to escape from Aldridge Farm and get back to London to replace his brother. Chapter 7 Nick Learns a Lesson Normally on a Sunday evening at 7 o'clock, neither Nick nor Timothy spent time listening to the radio, either in Devon or in London. Nick would perhaps be finishing a final report for a customer, or flying back from Paris or Barcelona after a mini-break with Jemima. Timothy might be in the local pub in Tortbridge, playing darts, or checking the progress of his Aldridge Blue in the cheese cellar on the farm. But on this particular Sunday in March, both of them sat at opposite ends of the country, listening to BBC news reports about floods in the south-west of England. After seven days of unusually high rainfall, rivers in the areas around Tortbridge and Biddeford in North Devon overflowed their banks today, flooding fields, blocking roads and railways, and cutting off whole areas of the countryside from the rest of the UK. Telephone lines have been damaged, so contact is limited. Rescue services are working around the clock to save people and animals in low-lying areas. The Meteorological Office says that rain is likely to continue until Tuesday, so there is very little chance of the situation getting back to normal soon. Reports are coming in that... Both brothers turned off the radio and tried to decide what to do next. Timothy wasn't worried about his farm. It stood on high ground, so it couldn't be flooded. It had its own diesel generator for electricity and there was enough food for humans and animals there to survive for at least a month. But how was he going to carry on in the office? It was a miracle that nobody had so far realised he was not senior advertising executive Nick Aldridge. 
His performance at the meeting had been pathetic. Okay, Jemima thought that this was because of a broken heart, but Nick's boss, Louis Madison, was not going to be that blind. Perhaps he should just tell everybody the truth? No, that wouldn't work. Nick would lose his job and, perhaps, Timothy would be in trouble for changing places with his brother. With his farm nearly bankrupt, he could not afford any expensive legal problems. Timothy put a frozen lasagna from Nick's freezer into the microwave, picked up a copy of Advertising for Beginners from his brother's bookshelf and started to read. He would just have to learn to be Nick Aldridge, and quickly. At that moment in Devon, Gwyneth and Wanda told Nick about the herbal sedative. You could have killed me, was his first response. Don't be silly, Nick, answered Gwyneth. It's a mild sedative, but it's very effective. And to be honest, yesterday evening you were in such a state. You were walking up and down, shouting and swearing, and then you had your stupid idea of cancelling your visit to drive back to London for a meeting. Tim probably saved your life as well as your job. You might have crashed your car. Nick was about to argue, but was interrupted by Wanda. Why don't we try to help you get across the water, Nick? Maybe we could tie pieces of wood together. Ah, you mean make a raft? That's a good idea, Wanda. Let's go and have a look. They all walked down the hill to have a look at the river flowing across the road. It was now about 50 metres from where the farm road ended and where it began on the other side of the bridge. The water was running very fast and as they stood there, a dead sheep floated by, its legs sticking up in the air. It was a sad sight. Maybe a raft isn't a good idea, said Gwyneth. We don't want that to happen to you. They walked slowly back to the farm. What are we going to do about Tim? asked Nick. Those people in London are sharks. They'll eat him for breakfast. Your colleagues. But if you do not like them, asked Wanda, why do you work there? Nick said it was difficult to explain. He liked the work, but many of the people were very competitive. If they could steal another person's ideas or do a deal behind your back, they would. That guy Ashley, for example, would do anything to have my job. And when I get back, I won't know what Tim has promised to do or what mistakes he's made. It's not like on the farm where he only has goats to deal with. What are you talking about? said Gwyneth angrily. It takes a lot more sensitivity and tact to manage animals than people. Okay, he's good with animals, Nick admitted. But he won't be able to handle my boss, Louis Madison. The man's impossible. Tim will get me fired. He just won't know what to do or say. He spends more time talking to Lady Lois than to human beings. And all I can do is sit here and wait to lose my job. Nick was feeling very sorry for himself. <coughs> Gwyneth suddenly hit the table hard with her hand, giving Nick and Wanda a shock. 
How dare you? She shouted at Nick. Lady Lois is a lot more intelligent than most people I know. I wish she had kicked some sense into your head instead of just kicking you in the stomach. You only think about yourself, don't you? Do you have any idea how difficult it is to run this farm? I suggested using your room for bed and breakfast guests to earn some money, but Tim said, no, it's Nick's room. They're Nick's books. Nick must always feel welcome here. But do you ever come here and use it? No, because you're much too busy running around London with people you don't even like. Nick was silent. He hadn't heard about this idea before. And do you know what? Instead of complaining all the time about how you can't get back to London to your useless job, continued Gwyneth, getting up from the table and going to the door leading upstairs, why don't you do something to help around here? She slammed the door behind her loudly and dramatically but then put her head around the corner again to shout, and think what it's like for me not knowing what's happening to Tim. And she burst into tears and ran to her bedroom. Chapter 8. Managing the Boss At 8.30 on Monday morning in London, Timothy found a note from Louis Madison on Nick's desk saying he wanted to see him straight away. He didn't need to ask for directions. He could hear Madison shouting from the other side of the building. So could the rest of the staff in the open-plan area. Everyone looked nervous. What do you mean emphasise your environmental side, Ashley? It's a car, isn't it? Yes, but Louis... The Green Movement is very big at the moment, and, and and it was mostly Nick's idea anyway, said Ashley in a high, nervous voice. Ashley had come to the office early in order to present the results of the Sunday meeting to the boss before anybody else. He had not received the reaction he expected. Look, I've been in the advertising business for 45 years, shouted Louis. Girls in bikinis sell cars, not windmills. Where's Nick? Why isn't he here yet? Ashley left, looking guilty and disappointed. Timothy sat down opposite a large bearded man of about 70. He had on a stripy shirt, a spotty tie and a dark blue suit. The bright red braces and socks made a surprising contrast. He pulled out a red spotted handkerchief and wiped his face. There you are at last. Why didn't you answer your phone last night? I rang at least three times. Timothy had let the answering machine deal with all calls as he read his book. I should father a lot of you. I really should, continued Louis. As my father used to say, replied Timothy, you get the chicken by hatching the egg not smashing it. Then maybe I need some new eggs. Organic ones, I expect you'll say. What is this environmental rubbish Ashley is talking about for the Zaiwu contract? Timothy thought for a moment. Should he try on Louis what he had read in Nick's book last night? This was the kind of opportunity the book described, 
He only had to follow the three steps. He took a deep breath and began. Step one. Give your partner real examples of how he, she is not respecting you. Louis, started Timothy. I've noticed that you shout at your employees when you don't agree with their opinions, like at Ashley just now. Louis looked at Timothy in surprise, and his face went as red as his braces. Step two, tell your partner what the result of this is. The team and I don't believe this is the best way to get good quality work from us, Timothy continued. Louis's mouth opened and closed in amazement, making him look like a hungry goldfish. Step three. Tell your partner what you expect from them in future and give them time to think about it. So I will only talk to you about our proposals when you've calmed down and are ready to listen. I'll be in my office. And then Timothy left. What had happened was this. After eating his lasagna on the Sunday night, Timothy had found advertising for beginners was not the right course for him. He needed advertising for pre-beginners. So instead, he read the book Jemima had given Nick, and once he started, one, two, three, building adult relationships based on respect, he couldn't stop. Now here, in the office on Monday morning, he would see if Dr. Sukasus's three-step technique really worked. He walked back across the open plan area with everybody watching him. He suddenly had the feeling he had made a serious mistake. Should he start emptying Nick's desk immediately, he wondered? Early on Monday morning at Aldridge Farm, Nick got up before anybody else to milk the goats. He'd slept very badly, thinking about what Gwyneth had said. It was true. He had only thought about himself, not Timothy or Gwyneth at all. He went to the goat sheds, put some food into the 40 buckets by the milking stations and looked over the wall at the animals. Good morning, Lady Lois, he called out. Do you remember me? Lady Lois looked at him in surprise. She pushed her way past the other goats and took the carrot he was holding out to her. This human looked like her Timothy, but he didn't smell quite right. Nick coughed nervously. He wasn't sure this would work. Would you mind if I milked you this morning? He asked politely as he opened the gate and pointed towards the milking area. Lady Lois finished the carrot and looked at him carefully. The human wasn't her Timothy, but he sounded like him, and he had good manners, and she did need to be milked. It was the right time. Slowly and with dignity, she walked across to her station and was gradually followed by all the other goats. The human walked up and down, cleaning them and connecting them to the milking machine. He must be a new helper for her Timothy, 
decided Lady Lois. As long as he stayed respectful, she would give him a chance. So when Wanda and Gwyneth appeared, the milking was finished and Nick was cleaning the goat shed. They let the goats back again and returned to the kitchen for some breakfast. It had stopped raining at last and the sun could be seen coming up. I didn't know you could do milking, said Wanda to Nick as he fried some bacon. I used to do it with Dad when I was small. Tim used to hate getting up early, so I did it in the morning and he did it in the evening. Nick looked over to Gwyneth, who was putting teacups on the table. Gwyneth, I'm really sorry I... he started. So am I, interrupted Gwyneth. I was a bit unfair. Shall I pour the tea? In the Madison and Ogger's office, the staff sat waiting for senior advertising executive Nick Aldridge to be fired. Finally, after an hour, they saw Louis Madison walk across from his office to Nick's office. Meanwhile, Timothy surfed the internet looking for information about the floods. I'm going to be fired, he thought, as Louis came in, shut the door, and sat down heavily in the chair facing him. Look, Mr. Madison, started Timothy, I should explain something. I'm not who... No! Stop there, young man, interrupted Louis. You're quite right. I don't listen to other people, and that leads to mistakes. Let's hear what you have to say about this new TV commercial for Zai Wu. Great, said Timothy. Let me just get Jemima and the rest of the team in here. Well, there you are. I hope you enjoyed episode four. So who were the lucky winners of a free signed copy of Double Trouble, which is soon going to be worth thousands and thousands of euros when Hollywood comes to me and demands the right to make my film? Uh, it's Sam and Sophia. Many thanks for those reviews. It's really great to find out what people think of my podcast. It's a little bit lonely here in my little podcasting studio, sending out these episodes, not knowing how they land with people. So uh, I'm thrilled every time my website tells me that I've got another review and I'll be sending both of you the free copy of Double Trouble, I promised. But we still have four copies left. So why don't you write a review, post it to my website, www.behindthebottomline.com in the leave a review section, as well as sending me a personal message with your address, and then I will send you your very own copy. And to all those English teachers out there who I know are listening, what about giving this as an authentic writing task to your class? And if one of your students writes in, I'll make sure they receive a learner's edition of Double Trouble, which has additional vocabulary lists and pre-reading and post-reading discussion questions. Next week's episode is called Dating Jemima, and we'll see what happens when Jemima takes Tim on a date, which doesn't end in quite the way she hoped. So until then, take care and goodbye. Goodbye.